What happens when children are exposed to conflict between their co-parents? They're more likely to suffer adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, which can directly harm their mental and physical well-being. As a child of divorce and a co-parenting mom, I'm passionate about sharing strategies to help make our children's lives easier as they adjust to being co-parented. Communication is key. And with Our Family Wizard, the world's leading co-parenting app, you'll unlock the door to a happier, healthier childhood. Check out Our Family Wizard's latest guide, The New Co-Parents Guide to Effective Communication, for five time-tested communication tips that can help protect children from emotional turmoil. Download your free copy at ourfamilywizard.com forward slash moms moving on. As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. You guys are getting a divorce or separating or whatever for a reason. So how long are you going to expect them to provide you with all of the support that they used to give you? You have to kind of have a backup plan. I always tell my clients, you can't always expect them to do for you what you would do for them. So you kind of have to be able to figure things out on your own. And if they can help you, that's awesome. But if they can't, how are you going to solve this problem yourself? Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. I'm so excited. I finally have the opportunity to record with none other than Katie Davey, who you probably know as the Instagram account, co-parenting peacefully. And if those two words already don't make you feel better, then I don't know what will. Katie is a seasoned co-parenting mama, co-parenting coach, and a mediator in training. As someone who has previously been trapped in a high-conflict relationship with her co-parent, she's been through everything you're going through now. Toxic communication, gaslighting, reactive abuse, grief, jealousy of the new partner, taking all of the blame for all of the things, feeling like a victim, fear, anxiety. I mean, do you already feel like she's your best friend? Because I do. Katie, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is great. I've loved your content for so long. And like I was telling you offline, you nail it. And I there's so much that I'm like, you know, because I have both perspectives, being a child of a high conflict divorce and now being a divorced mom, a co-parenting mom, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like this is so good. And my heart really lies with all of the mamas who are trying to co-parent their best. So I'm grateful for you. Oh, thank you. It's hard. It's hard work. I know. Tell So tell us a little bit about when you realized this was the uh, work you needed to do. 
I think when I got divorced and I was like, holy crap, how do I do this? There's no manual. They give you those court ordered classes, but they don't really teach you anything. There's like, so I just decided, you know what, maybe I'll just start an Instagram account and just give little nuggets of knowledge. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. And it's, it's really, the nuggets are impactful and the way you design them and lay them out. I think also just, do you do that yourself? Yeah, I do. I I really enjoy it. <laughs> you a bit, but it's like the content that you're delivering is not always comfortable to hear, but because of its presentation, it's like wrapped in a pretty bow and you're like, "Okay, fine, Katie. Thank you." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do my best. I do my best. So, tell me what you specialize in working on with clients. Is it co-parenting Typically- as a whole or I mean, you know how it is. People kind of come to you with different things, but mostly it's people who are struggling with managing expectations, communication, boundary work, just people who are really struggling to like figure out how to break away from the relationship that they did have Mm -hmm. into this new relationship. And maybe they're doing it with someone who's high conflict. So yeah, many people are, and that's Mm -hmm. probably the, the most difficult thing you'll ever try and get through, I think is trying to do what's best for your kids against someone who's constantly trying to tear you down. I know Mm -hmm. you've been there. I think we've all been there at some point or another in our lives, but that's why I'm happy that we're going to talk about co-parenting expectations today, right? So right off the bat, we can eliminate this idea that just because you do something one way, your ex is going to do it the same way. If you guys did things the same way, you'd probably still be together, right? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So you Mm -hmm. had this great post about it that I loved and you asked hard truth friends, what would you add to the list or what would you need to stop expecting? But I want you to go through like the top things that you spoke about in the post that we need to stop expecting from our co-parents because, you know, expectation is the root of all heartache. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It breeds resentment for sure. Um, I think one of the most important ones is to stop expecting them to parent the same way that you do. There are all of these people who just seem to expect that like what happens at their home should be the same thing that's happening at the other home. And that's just not realistic. It's not how it works. I love so that. It's, and the other thing is we have to remember that just because someone does something differently doesn't mean that it's wrong. And that's really hard too, especially when you're like in the throes of things, you know? Yeah. I think as moms, we're like, well, I'm mom and I do it better because I'm mom. And I tell the story all the time of how I was like, oh, like every woman, my ex doesn't know what he's doing. He's not going to be able to have more than one night a week. And he's like the epitome of like single dad. Like he lives his life for our daughter. He adapted really quickly to having a two-year-old in diapers on his own 50% of the time. And that was because I was willing to give him the space to become that. And I think that's so important, regardless of how different we do things. Absolutely. Yeah. My kids were one and three when my ex-husband and I split and I was like, he could never, there's no way. And I give him a little rope and he didn't hang himself. He managed it. So yeah, Yeah, I like that you used that term. I was going to use it and I didn't know if, if... (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So we got to stop expecting them to do the same things as us in the same way. That's for sure. And then there are the little things like, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, you're constantly, you know, giving them information that maybe they don't really need, but you just want to be like collaborative and open and honest. And when they're with the kids, radio silence. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's one of those expectations that I think a lot of people have. And as moms, I think we tend to just give that information freely away and then we expect it back, but that's just not the reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if the kids are safe and you don't hear anything, no news is good news. Right. I mean, most of the time. Yeah. Well, I wrote about this in my book. Like it, it took me about two years to get to that. No news is good news place without thinking that my daughter like didn't crawl out of her crib in the middle of the night and wander out into traffic. Like I actually had those visions. And I think every mom goes through that. Like if they're not with me, the worst possible thing could happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did I mean, you adjust that to that? Thought. A lot of personal growth and work and recognizing that I'm okay by myself. I think there's a lot of worth tied into like your kids and raising your kids. And then you're alone and you think, Hmm, now what am I supposed to do? Who am I? What do I do without them? And just really focusing on who I was kind of allowed him to dad to be with the kids and me to kind of find my own footing and be okay without them. That work is so important because it it can feel, especially when your kids are young and everyone you know has young kids and they're all together on the weekends or at the park or at a birthday party and you're just kind of sitting there like, what is my purpose now? I think that work is transformative for sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Is it, was it in that work that you realized you wanted to help parents with this? Yeah. I think that's kind of, kind of what it was too. I realized that like, who is helping people actually do this? Who is helping people adjust and figure this out? And isn't it so great once you can like enjoy a vacation with your friends and your kids are with their dad, isn't that, and you're not spending the whole time worrying. That's how do we so... teach people how to do that? I have I'm in my personal, like good friends chat this morning, two of them are going away together without kids. And they're like, what's even the point? We're going to sit around worrying about the kids the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh-huh. so relatable. And, um, and then, and I do feel like if we take, so if we stop expecting from our co-parent, that would be great. But if we took the expectations off ourselves too, that would probably go a long way as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's another thing. I mean, how, how much pressure are you putting on yourself? How much are you like, how much of the work are you doing? All of that plays into it. Yeah. All right. So what else do we need to stop expecting from our co-parent or from the relationship in general? This is a hard one. And some people don't like to hear this, but emotional support, friendship, things like that. Like you guys are getting a divorce or separating or whatever for a reason. So how long are you going to expect them to provide you with all of the support that they used to give you? Right. How realistic is that? Right. And if you think about it, and I, I work with my clients on this too, is, you know, what did you get from this person in the relationship that was so wonderful that you think you're actually going to get now? If they didn't give you the emotional support in the relationship or you felt invalidated all the time, what, what makes you think that now as two separate beings with, you know, a divorce decree, why would they start to give you that now? And I think it's, it's rooted in hope, you know, and our, 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 our kind selves thinking, well, I would do this for them. Why don't they do it for us? So how do you help somebody through that? Oh my gosh. You have to teach them how to manage their emotions and manage their things on their own so that they're not expecting from other people. Right. And that's really hard. It's a hard thing to do, especially when you do have that little seed of hope and you're like, oh my gosh, but maybe, 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 no, no, no more maybes. This is it. This is where you're at. Let's go from there and work our way up. And you know what I've found, and I've also fallen victim to personally is, you know, you hit like a 
smooth sailing patch with your co-parent and you guys are in a good place and you're having open conversations and talking openly about the kids and you let your guard down a little bit and all of a sudden things go to shit again. And you're like, why didn't I see that coming? Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that? (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, of course. I mean, and there are still, it's five years now and there are still some days when I'm like, really, this is what we're doing again. Like here we are and things Mm -hmm. will be really great, but that's where you have to really train yourself. Like there are going to be ebbs and flows. There are going Mm -hmm. to be things that happen and you just kind of have to roll with it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's the other thing. It's like maintaining those consistent boundaries, despite where your co-parenting relationship is at, like, like Mm -hmm. anything else in life, like you need your boundaries to, to really feel secure. I just say, it's nice when you guys can be friends, but like, it's not going to always be like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to be able to really accept that things are not always going to be easy. And that's hard too. Hey moms, I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? I finally have the answer. Sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you are ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com slash moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com slash moms when you're ready to move on. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Can you speak a little bit to, you're setting, helping people set boundaries, but you're expecting somebody to abide by these boundaries, right? I think that's one of the things that we need to stop expecting from co-parents, especially if they're high conflict. How do you help a client stay firm in her boundaries despite whether or not her ex respects them? By reminding her that those boundaries are for her and her enforcements have to, or his enforcements have to be something that they can do themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you set a boundary and you're like, you need to stop calling me at nine o'clock, that's, that's not really a boundary. You have to stop picking up after nine o'clock. That's the boundary. Yeah. So really not relying on your co-parent to actually help you set those boundaries and doing Mm -hmm. it all by yourself. And then remembering like, okay, for example, things are great right now but they might not be later. So I need to be consistent so that later when they're not great, I'm still able to hold my boundary. That's what it's all about. And, and, you know, again, the hopeful part of us is like, well, we're good right now. And I'm going to share this information now that I wouldn't normally share because we're in a good place. And I just, I've found that that always backfires like 400% of the time. Always. It's disappointing when it does. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I'm always telling people too. What information do you want to give? Like, are you sure that that's something you want to give? Because are they going to use it against you later? Is it something that you're going to feel comfortable with them knowing when they're mad at you? I mean, all those things are so important to consider before you just go willy nilly giving info away. Yeah, for sure. So what else do we need to stop expecting, Katie? Um, Solutions to our problems from our co-parent. Like, I don't know how many times early on my co-parent would call me and expect me to solve a problem on his parenting time. And I would do it. I would run to do it and run to help and figure this out. How can I make it easier for him? Meanwhile, I'm figuring things out on my time and his time. So, you know, you got to stop that. Okay. So asking for a friend, AKA me, how do you (laughs) stop that? You know, because I, so my daughter's father literally lives down the street And I'm never not going to run when she doesn't have the things she needs or he needs help with something. Because in my mind, and maybe this is totally wrong, I'm doing for her. I'm not doing for him. Oh, absolutely. That kind of thing, like running things over when they're missing things, stuff like that, I totally get. But I mean, example, my ex-husband called me one day and said, was crying. I have a flat tire. I have both the kids. I was at work and I was still trying to figure out how to like get him an Uber and get the, figure out how to help him get the car seats into the Uber. And I'm trying to work. So those are the kinds of things that I'm thinking, okay, it's time for you to adult a little bit and figure out how to do these things. Mm-hmm. Things like that, I think are like so cutting normal. the codependency. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Normal everyday things that they should be able to figure out on their own. It's not your job to help them. Yeah. I think that's really hard like, you know, from my own personal experience, we, a lot of us are nurturers and and natural helpers. I live for helping others. Like I feel when I feel needed, I feel important, you know, and, (laughs) and it is really important to remember that because then when you need them and they're not there, it freaking sucks. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing you have to kind of have a backup plan. I always tell my clients, you can't always expect them to do for you what you would do for them. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to be able to figure things out on your own. And if they can help you, that's awesome. But if they can't, how are you going to solve this problem yourself? Mm -hmm. So what can we actually expect from our co-parents aside from what's (gasps) on the parenting plan? Oh my goodness. So I I think it's so dependent on the relationship, but I think you should always expect to know things that are health and safety related. You should expect some level of collaboration when kids are sick or, I mean, maybe collaboration is the wrong word, but some sort of communication and kind of figuring things out there. You know, I really don't know other than that what can you really expect? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, extracurricular stuff, I think giving information about extracurriculars, school, things like that should always be expected as well. But you can't expect a friendship. You can't expect all of these like extras, you know, things related to the kids. Yeah, totally. And and I always say your parenting plan is your blueprint for how the things Mm -hmm. are supposed to be done on both ends. And it's also your biggest boundary. Like outside of the parenting plan, you don't owe anybody anything, but you know, that's, that's like a, that's a difficult pill to swallow Yeah, for a lot of women. So where do you see mm-hmm. the majority of your clients or co-parents in general getting stuck in the co-parenting process? The emotional part of it for mine really is getting stuck in Why can't they help me the way that I help them? Why can't they provide like some sort of reassurance to me when my kids are with them? Why can't they just do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, 
because that's not their job anymore. And that is such a hard thing to understand. It's such a hard thing to handle. Yeah. Something I hear all the time is he should at least, and I'm like, at least what, for whom, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for your own, you know, to, to quell your own anxiety. Like it, it doesn't work like that. And it's, it does, it sucks to have to accept that. I think acceptance is the first step to this, that like your relationship is just the way you remember it and the way you want it is over. And it's about creating Mm -hmm. this new, very dry, very business-like relationship from here on out. And I think it's important too, to remember that like that can change. It it doesn't always have to operate at a business level, but in the first like three to five years, who knows what could happen? It could go either way. Yeah. So there is always room for change, but I mean, change takes time. I really, I, I, I did a video on this last night because I find that all of my clients and myself also in the first year or two, they're trying so hard, you know, to, to fit this co-parenting ideal that they have in their heads of we have to be friendly and collaborative and do things together. And that's, what's going to make me a good co-parent. And I, and I said in this video, like guys, the majority of us are parallel parenting at best in the first couple of years, because we're trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out. We're trying to put our emotions aside. We're trying to get past the heartbreak. We're trying to figure out how to live without our kids. We're trying to give up control, drop the expectations. We're all just trying to figure it out. And so if the most you can do is stay in your lane and let your ex stay in theirs, I think you're doing a fine job. That's yeah, absolutely. I see all of these people who are like, but we should be collaborating and we should like have the football jerseys with all the kids' names and everyone's partners in the picture and co-parenting goals. And I'm like, maybe the goal is just to take care of your kids on your time and not worry about what they're doing on theirs. Maybe that's it for now. I think that's that's more than enough and anything mm-hmm. else would be a bonus, but it's important for co-parents to hear that you're not any less of a co-parent or your kids aren't going to suffer if you are not taking family photos with your ex-spouse and his new partner. A hundred percent. Yeah. But that's so hard. People want that. They want the family without actually having the family, which is also so hard. Like it's, people it's grieve. Hard. Yeah, people grieve the type of co-parenting relationship that they thought they would have too. Um, and that's like a hard thing to let go of. Yeah, I agree. But I I would say the type of co-parenting relationship you need to have is one in which you feel safe and your children are happy. And anything more than that, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's just yeah. a bonus. For sure. Yeah. So how do you separate? Because we all as you know, specialists and coaches still go through our own shit and our divorces and our situations. So how do you separate your personal experience from what your clients are going through? I don't know that I necessarily separate. I feel like I use my personal experience a lot to kind of help others through it. Mm -hmm. But my personal experience, I think is a little bit different as everyone's is. So I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer to that because I do really kind of weave it in to try to help others. Yeah, I think that's important. I don't think you can do this work effectively without having been there already. Like I I still don't understand, you know, how you could be a divorce court, family court judge if you haven't been divorced yourself, if you don't know the issues, you know. I think yeah. you 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 can't be a cook without having tasted the food. Definitely not. But you also do have to remember that every situation is different and everyone, I mean, whoever walks through the door to coach with you, I'm sure you've noticed this, like they might have somewhat, it might sound the same, but you get into the nitty gritty and it is really different. 
it's all really different. But at the same time, it starts at this same base level. Like I've found, uh-huh. and I say this, you know, I have clients like you and I who are average everyday moms and celebrity clients and wealthy clients and not wealthy clients. Everybody's at the same place emotionally. Mm-hmm. The 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 situation from the outside might look different, but we're all kind of at the same place. And so we start there and then it's it's really important to adjust based on what everybody's got going on. But it really isn't mm-hmm. a one size fits all model. I'm sure you no. get a ton of questions on Instagram asking for advice. Oh my gosh, yeah. That you can't answer because you're like, first of all, we would need three sessions to break that down, get more context. And I, you don't want to give a general answer because no one's problem is general. Right. And I find that like a lot of the questions that I do get in my DMs, like people are really, really upset and they really want an answer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't, there's, there's no way to do that for you. And yeah. my heart breaks. It's hard. It's really hard. But you know, that's why you do offer your services. And I do mine because I mean, I know, and I, I probably, I know just from this conversation that doing that work one-on-one with somebody really makes the impact that they're looking for. Well, definitely. Yeah. I'm so glad that that's kind of where I landed. Me too. You know, it, it it's, people are always like, oh, did you think, you know, you would grow up to be a divorce coach? I'm like, no, because I didn't grow up thinking I'd be divorced, you know, and yeah. writing a, I knew I'd write a book one day. I certainly didn't know it'd be about divorce, all those things, but <laughs> it's such a natural fit when I feel like it's, it's our duty as women, especially in this world. If you have figured out a hard thing to reach out and help somebody else do the same, that's, that's the gift you give back to the world and you're doing it beautifully. Oh, thank you. So are you. Oh, really? oh my gosh. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I started as a divorce coach a couple of years back and I realized for me it was it was co-parenting that I kept coming back to as the main thing I wanted to impact um, because of my own situation and my situation as a child. And divorced people can get over their shit, but it's the kids who are stuck, you know, in this reality mm-hmm. they didn't ask for that sometimes, you know, their parents need the most help to help them. Oh, absolutely. I think my oldest is in therapy <laughs> and it has been so eye-opening to go to some of her sessions with her and realize that she really does have two separate worlds that she lives in. And she talks to her therapist in these two separate worlds. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. who would have, who would have thought that that's, but it makes sense. But at the time I was like, an epiphany. Oh my God. Who knew? (laughs) Right. And, and our divorce, our our children of divorce are very good at compartmentalizing. And I also don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Like the same way our kids have to adapt to time in school and then time at a friend's house and then time at grandma's, like they're just adapting. And I think a lot of co-parenting moms need to hear that just because they are different kids, like a lot of people will say it. I don't even know who that child is when she's with her dad. That's okay because she's adapting to dad's environment. Like, mm-hmm. like your teacher tells you your child is the most well-behaved in class. And you're like, huh? Because your child is adapting to that environment. And I think yeah. that's, that's really important for co-parents mm-hmm. to understand. A hundred percent. That goes along with like not expecting your co-parent to parent the same way you do. Of course, your kids are going to be a little bit different in each environment and Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, I was FaceTiming with my daughter a couple of days ago when she was with her dad's and like when she's here, she's doing her nails, doing her hair, doing her doll's nails, doing her doll's hair, dressing up everything in our house down to like the pillows. And I FaceTime her at her dad's and she's got like fire trucks and like little matchbox cars. And I'm like, what you doing? She's like playing with my cars. And I'm like, 
you are a totally different kid, not even a mile down the road. That's, but that's, but that's what it's all about is like finding what's comfortable for them in each space and, and encouraging that, I think. Yeah. I've been really grateful for some of the experiences that my co-parent has with my kids that I like, I don't like to hike. I don't want to fish. I don't want to camp, but my kids love doing that with them. They do it every weekend. And I'm like, thank God someone else will do it with you. You My ex loves the movies and like showing her old classic movies. And I'm like, I don't have the patience for that. And I know like Bella will grow up one day and be like, my dad like showed me all the best there was to know about music, (laughs) music and movies. And my mom did other things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same here. I'm like, you know what? It's, we can definitely appreciate that there are different experiences in each home and thank our co-parent for showing our kids things that we wouldn't. Mm -hmm. That's a great perspective to have. That's some really emotionally evolved stuff, everybody. And you heard it here first from Katie Davey. She's co-parenting peacefully. She's helping all of you do the same. You can work with her and learn more about her by going to her website, coparentingpeacefully.com, or also obviously following her on Instagram. Katie, thank you so much for all of your time today and all of your wisdom. Hope we can do this again. Thank you for having me. You are a delightful lady. Oh, well, thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.